Hello and welcome everybody back for another weekly edition of Spartan Red Zone here on WDBM. I'm Matt Merrifield, joining the studio once again on this Friday afternoon with Jay DeCoster. JDC, how has your week been so far? It's been very busy. You know, we got, we're in that point in time as a radio station. We got a lot of game assignments, a lot of stuff we got to get done, but you know, we got women's soccer tonight. Shout out to women's soccer team and we got a... but it's a jam-packed MSU sports season, let's oh, say that. Oh, yeah, we are right in the middle of everything. Uh, obviously, hockey season's in full swing. Yeah, I'm calling the game basketball. tonight. Big 10 plus with Marin. Women's basketball just started. Men's basketball just started. Soccer is coming down. The NCAA tournament starts tonight. Football it's still hanging in there. Hanging uh, hey, in there. we won last week, Jay. We won. They won a game. They won a game. Absolutely. And 20-17 oh, to 17 final. Didn't think they could do it, but they were able to pull off the victory in a sloppy game, in an ugly game. Oh. Uh Two teams, I mean, Nebraska fight for bowl eligibility. Um, still need to get that sixth win, but Michigan State held that, and they were able to get the win 20-17. to So it was a nice win. We were able to see a lot of uh, Keen Hauser and Sam Levitt on the field. Um, and, yeah, it was overall, it was a good victory. I, th- I thought the defense played pretty well, and we saw a lot of freshman players make an impact. Yeah, we, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the game in a minute. And like you said, Jay, we're right in the middle of it, being Big J student journalist. Yes. You are the biggest J in student journalism, Jay. <laughs> big J journalism. Big J <laughs> journalism. Yes. Um, you should lot trademark lot that. Stuff going on. That so. could be like an Instagram caption, Jay. Big J journalism from my photo dump at the end of the year. So. Oh, need it. Need <laughs> yes, it. That's right. Stay tuned. Jay DeCoster's so, Instagram is a must-follow. I mean, must-follow. Must-follow. Must like, only posts like once a year, so. Hey. <laughs> and I wait for that one moment every year. It's That's like right. the one shining moment of one the year. shining moment of senior year. My last game at Spartan Stadium oh too, which oh god, I don't. I mean, the, the water I, works. I, I walked out. I walked in the tunnel onto the field. I just you know I was soaking it all in. It was my last game. Maybe I'll come back next year to see you, Matt, for uh, when uh, whoever the next head coach is. I will be at the at the home opener oh. for no matter what. You're gonna come, no matter who the head you'll coach. You'll be in is. on the uh, Friday before Labor Day as Michigan State takes on Florida Atlantic. Yes, oh. Tom Herman's Florida Tom Atlantic Herman. Owls, future Spartan. Ooh, Tom, they Herman. are not very good, but they're not good. Tom Herman, the head coach there, so. future Spartan Tom Herman. <laughs> um, We'll talk about Tom Herman's former employer, the Ohio State Buckeyes. We're traveling down to yeah. Columbus tomorrow morning uh, for the game at 7.30 tomorrow night on WDBM. Tune in. Spartan Red Zone pregame show starts at 7 o'clock here on the WDBM airwaves and on the sports stream. You know, tune yeah. in. Still working out the kinks on sports that. Sports stream is here. It, it is here at long at last. <clears throat> um, we were on it last Saturday. Uh, some technical difficulties, to say the least. You probably heard us the entire time if you tuned in. Um, but we'll figure it out. It, uh, we'll we'll make process. sure it's a process. Yeah. It's a process. Trust the process. Joel Embiid. Um, yes. So we'll get to it. But obviously, big game. Michigan State takes on the number one ranked Ohio State Buckeyes tomorrow night. Uh, we'll talk about some of the games around the country. Some major games now. Three weeks left in the season. Jay, uh, this is make or break time. I can't believe it. I mean, we're already at Veterans Day, and we got three Shout more out the weeks of this. Shout out the troops. As I'm yes. throwing that in there. Obviously, we all love the troops, but Zach Sloak would be screaming that right now if he ever showed up to this thing. The troops. The troops. Uh, he shouted out the troops on air last week during the tornado siren, the tornado warning that they were playing yeah, during the game. They play every Saturday, the first uh, the first Saturday of the month at one o'clock. Yeah, and they started playing it, and Zach goes. Thank you to our Thank troops and our troops. first responders for a tornado <laughs> siren. Love um, we love Zach. Uh, he'll be, we'll be picking him up from Down River tomorrow afternoon as we make our way down to Columbus. We'll also talk about some of the games around the country. Like I said, big weekend ahead. Michigan, Penn State, 
one of the big games. Oregon plays yes. USC. Washington plays Utah. Ole Miss, Georgia. Ole Miss, Georgia. Like uh, Tennessee plays Mizzou. A lot of big games. We'll talk about all of them uh, towards the end of the show. We'll talk about, we'll preview Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, we might dabble in the Ohio, no, Michigan situation um, as we await yeah. the punishment for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, it is 148 as I look at my phone right now. So Michigan football is in the air flying to Happy Valley. Will, as Zach Serdenik, um, our boss is standing outside the sports studio. I think he wanted to enter, but he will refrain because we are making radio magic. Uh, we love to have Serdenik on, but... We love to, he can come on if he wants. He's dressed <laughs> in a suit. Uh, I assume he is calling soccer tonight yes. on ESPN+. Plus. Um, who's, who's soccer played in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, I mean, my house is right next to the Marriott, the and we, we saw we saw the Ohio bus uh, in at the Marriott Did Hotel. So, I I should have honestly <laughs> because Michigan State soccer is going to win tonight. Student so. journalist yes. eggs women's soccer team <laughs> bus. Love it. That's a great headline. Wasn't me. I'd so. read that story, um, especially with that Jay's mugshot plastered <laughs> up front. Um, yeah, exactly. We are five minutes into this, and we have not gotten to anything important. So let's get into it. Last weekend, Michigan State. The win, the losing streak is over at six games. Michigan it's State, over. Harlan Barnett finally gets his first win as Spartan head coach, taking down the Nebraska Cornhuskers 20-17 to in an absolute it was gong show of a game. Oh, as I'll especially the ending. I mean, oh. with Sam Lovett uh, missing the field goal and then uh, Nebraska yeah, getting yeah, it back, yeah. and then Harbor gets sacked to end it, which put the icing on the cake for that. That was an ugly ending, but like MSU was able to get the win. This box score is gross. You have Keaton Hauser, 13 for 20 for 165 and a touchdown. Had that touchdown pass to Christian Fitzpatrick. Uh, Alante Brown was the second leading passer. Uh, one yards. for one for the 42-yard connection to Montori Foster. Uh, Sam Levitt was one for two for 25, but that 25 yards was a 25-yard touchdown pass to, that was Montori Foster. Uh, no, who caught the second touchdown pass? Uh, it was Christian Fitzpatrick, right? No, he had the first one. Okay, Montori Foster. It was Montori Foster. Yeah, it was Montori. Four for ninety-four for Foster, so he had a good day. Um, I think you saw Jay Johnson kind of pulling all the tricks out of his bag. I guess. I mean, trying to he get got, something going. Sam Levitt almost got murdered on the side up the yes, sideline. They ran a double reverse yes, he wide did. receiver pass, and uh, lucky he didn't Montori get hurt. Foster. And Alante Brown combined for as many pass attempts as Sam Lovett last weekend. Uh, but the Spartans still found a way to pull it out. Nate Carter, just 15 for 50 on the ground. Still hasn't scored since the Richmond game. Uh, stuck at four touchdowns on the year. That's crazy. Uh, That's crazy. The run game's got to get going, especially this weekend against Ohio State. But overall, yeah, they won. That's, that, yeah, that's I mean, the biggest takeaway. I mean, look, the defense, I think, play well. Especially Jalen Thompson, the freshman. Um, he... He made some plays on the defensive line that I think we've been, I wouldn't say waiting to see, but he, he shows some promise. Jordan Hall, uh, another solid game, I guess. And overall, just we're seeing, I think we're starting to seeing the freshmen contribute on this team um, as we get later in the season. Um, and I'm looking at guys like Brandon, uh, Brandon Parashek. I don't know he only had one catch, but it's nice to see that him getting on the field, get some playing time. So that, that was nice to see. Yeah, Malik Carr has been out the last couple games, so it's been Jalen Franklin and yeah. Brennan Parachek splitting the receiving duties at tight end and also Evan right. Morris as a run blocker. On defense, like you said, Jalen Thompson, five tackles, including two sacks and a forced fumble yeah. on Saturday. Uh, Jalen Thompson has starting to see more playing time, especially with Tumis Adelea, uh now injured, uh, or no longer with the program, excuse me. So Thompson's now filling in the freshman from Detroit out of Castec. 
14 tackles, four tackles for loss, and the two sacks last weekend. Uh, I don't know exactly how many games he's played as I look at my sheet. I think it's been maybe four or five games. Like he hasn't played and, and really seen a bulk of his playing time the last two weeks. So he has really stepped up in his new role. Obviously, Jaden Mangum had another interception. And now mm-hmm. he's got four on the air, the team high, uh, one of the highest in the country. Uh, he should have had a fifth, but it got called back for a holding call on Dylan Tatum that may or may not have been a holding call. Uh, but overall, the defense played well. Simeon Barrow got to the quarterback, forced that strip late in the game that ended the game mm-hmm. pretty much for yep. Nebraska. Um, so overall, good win. He beat a not very good Nebraska team, but hey, you'll take it. Get a win on senior day. Get the win off your back. I felt I, I, The biggest takeaway for me is Harlan Barnett got a win, and he deserves it. He is a Spartan guy. He's been yes. here forever since – Mark D'Antonio took over in 2007. Um, he knows what he he's means a lot to this program, and this program means a lot to him. And mm-hmm. you know, seeing the videos of him on the sideline after the game, you know, emotional with his, with his kids, too. with his family, hugging Tom Izzo, just you knew how much this meant to him. And obviously, thrown into a terrible situation this year, and he's right. trying to make the most fit, and finally got the job. I'm done. happy for him too because you know, I go to, I go to those press conferences every Monday and every time after the game, and he's. He was craving for that first win. And he finally got it, and he, he was he was it was a sense of relief for him, and he was he was really excited um, being with his family on the sideline. It was really cool to see pictures of that, and uh, yeah, I mean I'm happy for Harlan. He's a great guy, so it was it was, and he's great in the press conferences too. He'll, ask, he'll answer any question you have, and he's great. So it was good. It was good for him to get that win. So get the monkey off his back. So yeah, um, I think my biggest question mark from the game was the quarterback situation. Kate um, uh, Nowitzer got the start. Sam Levitt played in his fourth game. So now uh, if he appears in another game, he cannot use his red shirt this year, which, I mean, he's playing well. He's 15 for 23 for 139, two scores and two picks. Uh, he's very mobile. We saw him make a couple big runs in the game last weekend. Obviously led the team down the field in the last couple drives against Minnesota two weeks ago. I think he should start. I think he's the best quarterback on this roster. Um mm-hmm. Kate Nowell is not a bad quarterback. He's a game manager, and he doesn't do a bad job. But I don't. I think Levitt's a better passer, and Levitt is more dangerous because the run game is just not existing right now. And with Levitt, you at least have that dual threat really, action. You create some more utilizes right. Legs. So, um, yeah, I I agree. I mean, Sam Levitt when he when he's come into the game, he's actually shown he's shown something. He's he's shown he showed something against Minnesota. He's able to lead them down the field. It was like a um, it was like a seventy-yard drive, and he's able to lead them down the field. And then when he came into the game, uh, we have a special guest joining the show. Zach our Sardenic, sports uh, director, show. Uh, Zach Sardenic, <laughs> El Prez, um, El Prez, as El Director. Is that I don't know. Spanish. El Prez, we'll call um, him El Prez, I guess. So, so yeah, he's, he's as uh, Merrifield big, wants to turn on his mic. Big, so. big, big soccer guy, um, calling the Bobcats. JDC said he saw the Bobcats as team bus. Uh, at the Marriott. At the Marriott. I, yeah, I, this is their first ever NCAA tournament appearance, so I'm sure they're ready to go. They were the sixth seed in the MAC tournament. They got in on goal differential and won the oh, MAC tournament. I love that. Uh, we were just discussing uh, the game last Saturday against Nebraska, and okay. we kind of transitioned over to the quarterback situation yeah. uh, with Kate Hauser versus Sam Levitt. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's going to be really telling this weekend to see what happens because Sam Levitt, there's talk about how he might shut it down for the season. Be, to preserve the redshirt year. Yeah. And so I think if you see him on Saturday in a take a snap in the game, then that makes a big statement about what they think about him and what he thinks about Michigan State. Because if he burns his redshirt year, more than likely he's probably staying here. 
I don't think he would burn the redshirt year just to leave and go to another program. If he wanted to leave and go somewhere else, more than likely he's going to keep the redshirt year. I I want him to play on Saturday. Like I th- I think he's the best quarterback on the team, and he very well might be. I just think it's going to be up to him, right, on whether he wants to burn that redshirt year. Or not. I I just don't want to see him go out and. Like whether or not he wants to be here or not, do not throw him out there for how many snaps did he play last week? Twelve? Not many. They wanted to run him out on the third, uh, <laughs> yeah, the third drive on, of each half. Know. That's that's like that's I, great. I don't know why. That's but. wonderful and all, but why? Like the why that drive specifically, especially because it's set in stone. Like it's not situationally like, hey, we need something to happen here. If we feel like we need a change of pace, Sam, you're going in for a drive or yeah. two. No, it's literally the the third drivers. What what does that accomplish? I mean, he scored. He threw a twenty five yard uh, dot to Montori Foster. That probably wasn't a touchdown, but it's okay. it was. I saw the replay after the game. That probably wasn't probably a was catch. not a touchdown. Um, hey, the referee sold it. Shout out to that. I don't I, that ref. Dude, he pimped that thing. He was like, and the call on the field stands. <laughs> that was it. electric. Sold I was it. on I the far. Boss was like, what? I was on the far side of the field from where that catch was made. Uh, but yeah. That was an electric moment down on the field. Just uh, incredible. I mean, the showmanship. Hey, referees are people too. They like to make it about themselves, but that was a good spot to do it. Um, when I was live tweeting, I was like, all right, this is probably getting called back. And then as soon I was about to tweet it, and as soon as I made the call, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to delete this and redo it. So, No, you got to leave it up for all of <laughs> leave it. Right. Leave there it. Was, uh, this is on the college basketball track, which is what I'm covering now. Shout out Impact Izone as well. But uh, Sicko's College Basketball Committee posted something about Kent State knocking off JMU last night. Oh, and I, then, watched, I watched the end And that then game. they put, we have a correction to make. <laughs> and didn't take the other tweet down. They just quote tweeted it we, with, we have a correction. That was an insane well, game. I, I like that because last year when I covered the men's Big Ten basketball tournament, I was live tweeting and I hadn't live tweeted in forever. Um, and... You know, covering women's basketball last year, I was used to quarters. So, if like my first three tweets during the middle of the game, I said first quarter, and then I realized what I had done, and it's men's basketball. They play halves. Um, I don't know why there's a difference between men's and you're women's. Used, yeah, you're used to I think women's it's the team. So, much. so I so and I corrected myself. I yeah. I, I, call, I called myself out before somebody else could. I like that. Um, yeah, shout out Impact Zone. Shout out the Golden Breakdown. Shout out your nice Chicago uh, list. From the Big Ten tournament last year, oh, I had completely forgot about that until you just said Twitter. The Twitter thread, and now we're going back to Chicago. So maybe I'll have to check out the thread. It's such a fake city. <laughs> I have so many thoughts and opinions. You Jada just don't like it. It's so busy. It's not as fake I mean, as I'm the university it, so. that claims to be by oh, Chicago. Evanston, the Chicago's Big Ten team, as I spit all over. Yeah, the they um they don't exist. They're not a real school. Fake school. They're not. Absolutely not. Um, hey, but I mean the football facility is nice, right on the water. So. Yeah, unless they put you in the dungeon at Ryan Field. <laughs> yeah, I right. have I have been there. I've called a game there. Yeah, That's uh, right. You've been there. I have never been yeah, there. Yeah, I, ca- I called a game at uh, their, Kenneth Walker's first game in Eastland oh. or for Michigan State. Um, yeah. And we were in the dungeon, and we like couldn't get on the air because they didn't turn the Ethernet on. And so, oh, Ryan Field. That's um, just classic right there. It was, it was an interesting weekend <laughs> down there for sure. Uh, Nathan Stern screaming at a Polish sausage truck. While it cut him off expect on the highway, nothing, expect nothing. <laughs> oh man, it was, it was bad. Well, I got to get to a meeting, but okay. it was good and to uh, have fun at E-board. Yes, it was good to talk with you guys and enjoy Columbus. 
this weekend. That's a, be a fun environment. That's a fun place to call a game. It's going to be cold. We're going to be on the photo um, deck. Yeah, that's where um, you'll always call the games in Ohio State. But they do have heaters above the he photo said, deck. Yeah, like the it's not, told us that. Yeah, there's heaters. Uh, you'll be right next to Ohio State Student Radio. I'll punch him. Um, shout out Tyler Danberg. <laughs> He's a nice kid. Uh, I will not punch Tyler. Yeah, no. If you meet Tyler, tell him I said hello. He's a nice guy. But, uh, yeah, so enjoy Columbus and have some fun. Thank you Thanks, for dropping in, sir. Always. Yes, sir. As extra dank makes his as exit. he makes his grand exit to, to the meeting. max in his suit for soccer. <laughs> in a suit. Oh, I love it. Anyways, well, let's get back to where were we? Uh, we were talking uh, about we're, Nebraska. I mean, we were Who just cares? finishing thoughts on uh, Nebraska and MSU. I mean, it was I, a good win and I, whatever. I Anyways, let's just talk about blah blah blah. The, Spartans won. Buckeyes the, next on the schedule. Number one in the horseshoe. Um, Michigan State's had less than ideal. History in Columbus since the last time Michigan State won in Columbus was 2015 when Michael Geiger windmilled his Michigan State on their way to the college football playoff. Tyler Connor in the start. Um, what was? Do you remember the line on that game? They had been like big time underdogs. I don't remember exactly because like yeah, Connor, Connor Cook making was the start. To yeah, start. no Connor Cook. Um, and they go into Columbus and beat them on the way to the college football playoff. So it's the last time they've won in the shoe. Um, and since then. Let me pull up the history, serious history. A lot of blowouts. Uh, well, 2016 at home, Michigan State kept it close, even yeah. though they went 3-9. 2017 um, was, it was like a 42-17 to drubbing. Um, Brian Lewerke and Michigan State went into the horseshoe. Let's see. 2017, Columbus won 48-3. 2019, 34-10. That was when that game wasn't even close. Uh, and then, obviously, two years ago, we all remember a top-10 matchup. The week before Thanksgiving, Michigan State, Columbia, Ohio State. Was and, it 42 to nothing at halftime? Uh, I believe so. And then 56 7 the final. Uh, yeah. And um, Ohio State's receivers were Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. And uh, I believe Marvin Harrison Jr. was on the side. He wasn't even playing that he didn't much. Even play. Amika Buka was still on that team. Uh, the wide receivers, Julian Fleming. Um, yeah, they're a really good football team. They have. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, but hey. Anything can happen. Michigan State's beaten a number one Ohio State team before. I forget what year it was. It was like in the nineties, I think. I think it was ninety eight, ninety seven, one of those yeah, two years. They upset uh they upset Ohio State in the shoe. Um they were huge underdogs. So hey, anything could happen. But no, this is Ohio State team. I mean, they're 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 number one in the uh in the college football rankings college football playoff rankings right now. They're led by Myron Harrison Jr. Future Bear Marvin Harrison Jr., by the way, Matt. Uh nine hundred fourteen yards and ten touchdowns. I mean, this guy is a top five pick. He is the best receiver in college football right now. Uh, there's no really way to guard him. Yeah. You're going to have to double team him. Uh, Scotty Hazelton is going to have to put up a great game plan to contain this guy. So, uh, To answer your question from before, Michigan State was 13-point underdogs going into Columbus okay. in 2015. Wow. Um, Michigan State is 31.5-point underdogs this weekend. We'll see yeah. if they cover. Um, my bet is no. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, we'll see. Well, Marvin Harrison Jr., I cannot wait for five minutes left in the second quarter tomorrow, and Kyle McCord's going to hit him over the middle uh, for a 25-yard touchdown pass. And the closest receiver, the man who was in coverage on him, will have been Jordan Hall because for some reason Jordan Hall will be covering Marvin Harrison Jr. Because for some reason he covers receivers at the time. And Jordan Hall, great coverage linebacker. He's still a linebacker. Can't cover... You can't, can't cover, cover the best receiver, the best in receiving, football right prospect, now. receiving prospect we might have ever seen. Um, just an absolute stub. My favorite part about Marvin Harrison Jr. is that he was a four star coming out of high school. Like he was good, yeah. and everybody knew who he was. He's Marvin Harrison's son. Uh, shout yeah. out the Colts. Uh, but 
not like Amika Abuka was in the same recruiting class. Somebody else was in the same recruiting class. Was it Abuka? I think uh, it was. I believe so. And Abuka was higher, like was a five star. Yeah. And was like the number two receiver in that class. Um, so it just amazes me uh, just how good he is. Just a freak talent that he is at the uh-huh. wide receiver spot. He is 6'4, 205. Um, and Ohio State's thrown 19 touchdown passes this year between McCord, who has 17, Devin Brown has two. Harrison's caught 10 of them. Hey, yeah. He, he's, um, he's led the way for them. Uh, nine or fourteen yards, and the and the next leading receiver on that team is Cade Stover, the tight end with four twenty nine. Yeah, so they definitely want to feed him and give him the ball. So he's a big time threat. Um, I don't see how you can contain him because, um, I mean, he's the first receiver off the board this year, and he's probably gonna be a top three pick. I would assume, right? I mean, oh, I mean, he's yeah. a future bear. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, Bears are going to get Caleb Williams and then Marvin Harrison Jr. Shout out the That's Bears for improving their draft stock yesterday That's by right. beating the awful Carolina Panthers, Panthers and a game I didn't even know was on last night. I like kind of forgot there was football on, um, partly because I was at the Michigan State basketball game. Shout out them beating SIU or USI. USI is what Southern the, Indiana. There was an old senile man yelling USI into the crowd last <laughs> night. Yeah. Anyways. So, I, I, I mean, mean, I want to get to Kyle McCord real quick. I yes, mean, Honda McCord. Honda McCord. Uh, 2,352 yards passing this year, 17 touchdowns, four picks. Everyone thinks about everyone. I mean, Kyle McCord gets a lot of uh, hate, I would assume. Um, he's not C.J. Stroud. He's not, you know, all these past Ohio State quarterbacks, Justin Fields. But he can get the job done. I, I, I have a lot of confidence in him. He's not the best, but he can get, he can get – uh, the ball of Marvin Harrison Jr. whenever he wants, and hey, I mean he led he led Ohio State down the field against Notre Dame at uh, at uh, um, at Notre Dame, excuse me, and he's able to beat them. So yeah. I have a lot of confidence in him for some reason. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna matter this week. What's yeah, funny is um, I saw a tweet the other day. It was about McCord and McCarthy uh, and their difference in stats. Like Kyle McCord has very similar stats to JJ McCarthy. Let me find. McCarthy, so I have McCord sitting in front of me. Um, but one is a Heisman candidate, and the other is Kyle McCord, who gets ripped on every other week. Kyle McC- um, why did I pull up Ohio State stats? Excuse me for my technical difficulties. Uh, J.J. McCarthy has a 75% completion percentage. That's the only b- big advantage. McCord's got a 65% completion percentage. Mm-hmm. McCord, 23-52, 2,352 yards passing. McCarthy has just 2,100. Uh 18 touchdown passes for J.J., 17 for McCord, three picks for J.J., four for McCord. Like, on paper, they're both, and McCord's played better defenses. He's played Penn State already. He played Notre Dame. Um, J.J.'s best defense he's played is Minnesota, Mm -hmm. where he threw for 219. He threw for 156 against Nebraska. And I don't care that he can't, oh, they didn't need to throw it. And he's not a Heisman winner. Like, I don't know. Um, But anyways, back to... I'm now looking at the recruiting rankings from 2021 for Ohio State. This is the year Marvin Harrison committed. Uh, Marvin Harrison was the 160th ranked recruit in the country, the wow. 21st best wide receiver. Uh, they <laughs> wow. on this team, number one, their number one recruit that year was Quinn Ewers, now the Texas quarterback. Okay. Uh, JT, I'm gonna have to learn this for tomorrow. JT Tumalu. Tumolau, Tumolau, I think is how you say it. Uh, their defensive lineman, he was the number two player in the country. Monster five-star D lineman. Um, Jack Sawyer, their leading linebacker, uh, he is also 
uh, on the team. He was a five-star recruit. Donovan Jackson, their left tackle. Um, Amika Abuka was a top 10, number two wide receiver in that class, five-star. Travion Henderson, five-star running back in that class. Michael Hall, one of the defensive linemen. Cal McCord was the 50th best player in the class. Mm-hmm. Um, four-star quarterback. And then you scroll down, Tyleek Williams, who you'll see here a little bit tomorrow. And then Marvin Harrison Jr., 160th. Like, just absolute freak talent coming out of that program. It's every year. And, I mean, they're a factory. They're an NFL factory. And then the de- on the defensive side, uh, they're a top five defense. Um, uh, ranked I love number their f- defense this year. Ranked number five in FBS, uh, just behind Ohio, Air Force, Penn State, and Michigan. So it seems like their defense has improved. Uh, I think Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator, has kind of figured out um, how he wants to run his defense. Uh, last year you saw um, they get, they, them getting blown up by Michigan. I feel like I mean, we're not. I don't want to talk about Michigan, Ohio State, but I feel like that defense is going to play really well this year. Um, Jim Knowles' defense is very good this year. So, and they got a lot of players led by Tommy Eichenberg, um, a linebacker who has 73 total tackles on the year and a sack. So, uh, they got a lot of good linebackers on this team. I really like how they. I really like a lot of the guys on this defense, led by um, the five, and also led by the uh, five-star recruit JT. I also need to learn how to Tumal, I think it's Tumalau. Tumalau. So, I mean, they got a lot of beasts on that front line, so it, it's going to be really interesting to see tomorrow. So, Yeah, uh, this team's really good, as we've discussed. Um, 114 yards allowed on the ground. Just 156 yeah. yards allowed through the air. Six interceptions on the air, allowing 10 points per game. Right. Um, and they score 32, almost 33 a game. I, this team's going to be really good. Um, Jay... Does Michigan State cover the thirty-one and a half in the horseshoe? Uh, see, they have they've gotten blown out the last two years. I don't. No, I don't believe. I don't think they cover. I, that's a lot of points. I'm right with you. Uh, Buckeyes are going to win this one big in the horseshoe. Should be cool. I'm still excited for the game. Yeah, that game in the a horseshoe. Bucketless event going to the horseshoe, and uh, they're going to be dressed like Diet Coke cans. <laughs> um, so this is the first time they've won the, unveiled the gray uniforms since uh, it's been a while. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Michigan State's wearing green helmets, white pants, white jerseys, green pants. Um, so I'm interested to see what the color difference looks like on the field. But uh, regardless, now let's move around the country. Um, some big games coming up this afternoon or tomorrow night. Um, Huge games. A lot of big games. Obviously, a couple different conferences involved. Uh, starting off noon, big noon kickoff. Michigan travels to Happy Valley to take on the Nittany Lions. Uh, Michigan's five-point favorites in this one, Jay. Five Potentially without Jim Harbaugh, we will find out. Maybe two two, t- two defenses in the top three. I feel like this can be a low-scoring game. Uh, I'm gonna go Michigan, though. I th- I think I don't know with all the sign stealing stuff. I, I I still think they're like I just can't trust James Franklin in a big game. I'm sorry. I I would I'm, I'm gonna take Michigan here. Um, completely valid. T- he's James Franklin has, has to prove me to prove me otherwise until I can. Uh, take them in a big game, so I will take Michigan. I'm going to take the Nittany Lions in this one. Um, I'm, I just think their defense shows up, and I think it's a game. Uh, obviously, with I don't know how much of a difference Harbaugh not being there is Michigan, and there seems to be this narrative out there whether it's Greg McElroy or um, I saw a tweet. I forget which writer, a Detroit writer, said it about like it's not smart. The NCAA, it's it's shallow for the Big Ten to pull yeah. the rug out from under Michigan this late. It, you know what else is shallow? Stealing a team's signs. So I don't really want to hear it. That's oh, what about the kids? I don't care. I don't care until until JJ McCarthy, Blake Warm, or any player on that team comes out and says 
it's not fair for you to take away our coach. I don't care. I don't want to see adults who aren't even a part of the program telling us mm-hmm. what is good and bad for the kids. Don't care. Um, so otherwise, so if I hear one more talking head say that, if I hear it tomorrow, I know Desmond Howard's going to say it on game day, and I'm going to lose my mind. Um, but it's fine. I, I don't I agree. care. I don't care. Number one, I understand they're kids, but at the same time, they're 18 to 22 years old, and they make a lot of money. Um, the they, they, they have a job stuff. to do. They have a job to do to go out and just play football. That's their job. Um, they're. Good, I mean, I agree. You stole. I. I. And I. Once again, you stole signs. So. I don't there think needs, you. I don't think you have some sort of consequence. You, you don't soon, have the. Feel you, like. you don't have the position to sit there and tell us, tell the Big Ten, oh, that's shallow because you shouldn't even be in the position in the first place. But here we are. You had a guy that was refurbishing vacuums have a impact on your program. That's on you. Um, I mean, I completely agree. Um, I think the Big Ten needs to do something soon because it's it's getting to the point where you're you're letting this team just get away with it at this point. Um, it's just it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, I think tomorrow is a game where Drew Aller just kind of shows up because he can. He played really bad against Ohio State, but this one's at home. I wish it was a night game. Uh, shout out, big if it was a kickoff. night game. Penn State would win, but um, yeah, I still think they show regardless. up and help out. Um, but next game on the slate, I like this one. I'm. It's not top. It's only one top twenty-five team. You have Florida State, who's four and zero or nine and zero, number four in the country. They're fourteen point favorites in their big rivalry game against Miami. I'll take Florida State at home. They've been really good against the spread this year. Um, I mean, they're they're fighting for their college football playoff lives, sitting at number four. They got to win out. So I will take Florida State minus the fourteen. I think Miami get. I think Miami covers. I think Miami might win this football really? game. I am. I I understand Mario Cristobal's kind of a moron. That doesn't yeah. need to be overstated. But they're still six and three. They're a very talented football team. So the talent gap, like Florida State, some of the teams are beating up on don't don't have talent. Pitt, Syracuse, Wake Forest. Miami has the talent to play with them. It's a rivalry game, and I just think they they keep it close. And um, right now, somebody's going to get screwed out of the college football playoff, whether it's the Pac-12 winner. I mean, if, eight, if Florida State goes undefeated, they kind of have to be in, even though their conference isn't very good. Same thing with the Big Ten and the SEC with Georgia. So right. somebody's going to get left out. Um, and I think, but man, I think Florida State just slips up. Like, they've played... They didn't look great against Pitt last week. They've done their job the last couple of weeks in Syracuse, Duke, and Wake Forest, but, man, they haven't played anybody with the same talent level as them since Clemson, and that one went to overtime. So mm-hmm. um, give me give me the Hurricanes to uh, keep this one close. Uh, I would watch out for them to win. Um, quick shout-out to Rutgers, Iowa, for the over-under still being set at 28. We're not That's picking this game, uh, but My just God. laughable. Top t- number 22, Iowa, with – Favored by one in that one. Uh, but at 3.30, we will talk about Tennessee taking on Missouri. Number 13, Tennessee. Taking on number 14, Missouri. Both teams 7-2. and two. Tennessee, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Um, You know, Mizzou kept it close against Georgia. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with Tennessee here. Um, There's two SEC teams that are pretty, really good this year. I'll lean Tennessee on the road um, with Joe Milton and those guys. I will t- I'll take Tennessee minus... The two and a half. Yeah, uh, Tennessee, obviously, this week, top 15 matchup against Mizzou, and then yeah. they host Georgia next week. Uh, so two big games to close out the season. If Ole Miss can make something happen in uh, in Athens tomorrow, maybe that game against Georgia next week for Tennessee means something because right now Georgia's 6-0, and then Missouri and Tennessee are both 3-2 and in the SEC East. So mm-hmm. Georgia likely to lock it up with a win 
this week. They'd have to uh, Georgia with a win this week locks up the division because they played Georgia Tech the last week of the season. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see if something happens. But I would agree. I'm gonna take Tennessee. Uh, I just I like them. I don't know. They they run the ball really well. Missouri's defense is questionable, uh, and Tennessee's defense has been much improved this year. So give me the balls, Rocky Top, baby. Yes, sir. Um, also at three thirty, big Pac-12 game. Number 18, Utah, sits at 7-2. Eight and a half point underdogs heading out to Seattle, taking on number five, Washington. See, Utah's is weird because Utah, I mean, they're just, you know, you get blown out against Oregon. Oregon's playing really well right now. Um, you, you beat USC it. on the road at the Coliseum. They're just kind of a weird team, so I don't know what which US or which Utah team is going to come out. And Washington hasn't really looked great, even though they did go to the Coliseum and beat USC I mean, USC at this point, they have no defense. So, I mean, that's a good win, but you only beat Stanford by nine. Um, you know, They haven't looked great over the last few weeks. I'm going to go Utah to cover here. I think it'll be closer than we think, but I like Washington to win. I like Utah to cover as well. I think they might pull off the upset. Right. Washington's looked really questionable the last couple yeah. weeks, like you said. Since they beat Oregon, which they – I mean, they did win, but even the week before that – um, fifteen to seven over they, Arizona State. They, they beat Arizona thirty-one to twenty-four on the road. Now we now know Arizona's a pretty good football team. They're ranked twentieth, I think, in the news poll. Uh, Arizona is a Arizona's very good, a yeah. good football team. So that's a good win on the road. Oregon, you beat at home by three. Since then, Arizona State at home, you won fifteen to seven. Uh, then you beat Stanford on the road, forty-two to thirty-three. Both those teams are not very good. And then you got into a shootout with USC and won that one, fifty-two forty-two. I think it comes back to bite you. I think this one stays close. They also have to go to Corvallis next week, take on Oregon State, uh, mm-hmm. who's 12th in the country. So I think one of these next two weeks, uh, I think this week stays close, and then the next week I think they're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they win this one, but it's going to be close. Mm-hmm. I don't think Washington's been that impressive the last couple of weeks. Uh, so give me Utah in a lower-scoring game. I don't think Washington's offense explodes. Um, now in the night slate, 7 o'clock on ESPN, Ole Miss traveling to Athens to take on Georgia. Georgia 10-point favorites. I like Ole Miss plus the 10 here. Um, I think they do keep it close. Uh, Bell, two very good quarterbacks this year, and Carson Beck and uh, Jackson Dart. I think both these uh, both these quarterbacks are good. It's going to be a fun game. I think Ole Miss may be a little better than we thought, so I'm going to take Ole Miss to cover this game, but I like Georgia to win. I think... I think Georgia wins. I think they, I, I, I think they, they, I think they, they have one of those Georgia games. Yeah, I think they didn't have it last week like I thought they were. Um, but yeah. I think they do this week. It's a night, night game at Sanford. Yeah, that's uh, impossible to win at. Um, Mizzou did a good job at, at last week, but man, and I like Ole Miss, but they just something about them. They're eight and one, but they might be the least impressive eight and one team in the country. Excuse me. Um, so uh, ten and twenty four. Or they lost twenty four ten to Alabama, uh, so uh, give me the give me the dogs to win that one. Uh, looking at it here, I think we have one game left on the slate. USC travels out to Austin to take on the Ducks at ten thirty on Fox tomorrow night. The over under set at seventy six, and the Ducks are favored by fifteen. I got I got the Ducks to cover. I think they're rolling right now. Um, nobody wants to play this team right now. They're beating they're beating up on almost every one of their opponents. I'll take and they just and the USC just fired Alex Grinch, their defensive coordinator. I like the Ducks minus the fifteen. I as, I do as well. Um, the only thing I don't like about this game is the weather is not ideal for quarterbacks throwing really? the football. It's just so for it's my really nice but, rainy, so, rainy. It's supposed to be like forty degrees and rainy in Austin. Uh, typical which, West Coast which, weather out there, which favors Oregon even more because there are such a, they can dominate teams on the ground with their offensive line. There are two running backs and Bucky Irving and yep. Jesse James. 
uh, I think that's his name. I keep, can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so maybe Bo Nix doesn't have quite the explosion for stats, but kind of hoping he does simply for Heisman narratives and pushing. Uh, but we'll see. I still think they dominate this game. Um, and, yeah. Uh, my last thing I want to talk about, Jay, is the playoff rankings. So right now, really top, the top four stay the same. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, with Washington, Oregon being the first two out. Now, I saw the argument being made on Tuesday night on ESPN that Oregon isn't the best one-loss team in the country and that Texas and Alabama both are better than the Ducks. See, I don't, I disagree. I, I don't. I disagree as well. I think you've seen what Oregon has done, even though they lost to watch the both Washington and Oregon are great football teams. Oregon played arguably. I mean, Oregon could have should have won that game, um, and they played just as well. I mean, they're beating up on almost every one of their opponents. If they continue to do that and run the table, I think they have a really good chance to get in. Well, my my thing is is that. Like obviously Texas can be ahead of Alabama. They won in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Even though I think right now Alabama would beat them. Jalen Jalen Milrow is a different quarterback, and I think Alabama is going to find their way into the playoff because yeah. I think they can beat Georgia uh-huh. um, in the SEC championship game. But I I just don't like the way the committee has set themselves up. Is they have all the undefeated teams at the top, mm-hmm. right or wrong? That's what they have, and then they have the one loss team. So do I think Bama might be better than Oregon? They might be. I still think Oregon's better than Texas. I think Oregon beats Texas tomorrow, no question. Uh, Bama would be a great football game. I would love to watch that game. I don't know who would win, especially on a neutral site. I think both of them beat Washington if they play tomorrow. Right now, Vegas has Oregon for the Pac-12 championship game, the hypothetical. Um, Oregon's Oregon's six-point favorites. Really? Like That means they would be three-point favorites in Washington if they played again. so I, I would take them to. I mean, that it's really tough to beat a team twice. I would take I, Oregon to beat I, Washington. I, I would take Oregon on a neutral site. I, I'd take Oregon to beat Florida State. Like yeah. I think Oregon's better than some of the undefeated teams. Now the, the playoff won't put them ahead of them, but I also think Bama's better than Florida State. I think Bama's better than Michigan. I think Bama's better than Washington. So I just personally, they've set themselves up for this argument because they stack them based on number of losses. When I don't think all not all losses are created equal, and a team like Michigan and Florida State haven't played anybody, so right. therefore. They're undefeated. Like, if I want to see Florida go to Seattle, would they be undefeated if they have to play in Seattle? I don't think so. I don't think they win that game, like mm-hmm. just like Oregon didn't. So that's my issue. Um, and I understand they want to be like strength of schedule, strength of resume, this and that. But sometimes you just have to use your eyes. Like, there's certain things you watch Oregon football right now. Uh, shout out Josh Pate. He has Oregon number two in his JP poll. That might be a little high, but <laughs> I respect it. And I like, I agree with that from the standpoint of that poll more determines. You know, who's the best, like right now on a neutral site, who are the best teams in college football? And I think Oregon is one of them. I think Bama is one of them. I think Ohio State. I think the four best teams in college football this year are Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and Oregon. I think those I mean, are the four Alabama's best Alabama's going to sneak in if they run the table. They have a really good chance to because Jalen Miller's, Miller's playing better. And you're seeing that defense come to life. I mean, Nick Saban's guys are doing what they do. They're, they're gonna, I feel like they have a really good chance to run the table. Like, you know, I feel like they always do, so... Well, be interesting. we'll see how it all plays out. Obviously, three weeks left. A lot of big games still coming this weekend and in the next three weeks. Uh, so, obviously, tune into SRZ these last couple weeks as we break it all down and three still keep up games. with Michigan State. We have three road games to finish out the year. We have Ohio State tomorrow at Indiana and then road game, quote-unquote, on Black Friday. We get to go to Ford Field. Jay, have you ever been to Ford Field? I have. Well, I went to the Lions game against the uh, Seahawks last year. It was uh, a great game. It was like a 42-40-something to 40 something well, final. That game was That stadium was probably like, Pretty much full. Um, don't expect that for Michigan no. State, Penn State, but still be a pretty cool place to go. Yeah. Uh, I've never, I, I have been to Ford Field. I've 
been twice. I went last week for the MAB Foundation <laughs> like uh, career fair yeah, thing yeah. when it was empty, so I haven't actually watched football there. And I went to a preseason game when I was three against the Bengals. I don't know who won. I'm surprised you haven't been to like a, a like a Lions regular season game. Never been to a Lions game mm-hmm. regular season. It's not against. I've the never Colts. been to an NFL game, a regular season game. I've only been to one preseason game. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it'll be fun to be down there. So yeah, make sure tomorrow. 7 o'clock, Spartan Red Zone pregame show. Kickoff from the Horseshoe, Michigan State, Ohio State at 7.30 on WDBM. Myself, Zach Sloak will be on the call. Make sure you can stay tuned. Jay will have the written content and the tweets. Jack Moreland will have all the photography, taking the shots that he does. One of the best in the business. The um, best in the biz, we, we love, J-Mo. We love J-Mo. Uh, so that's going to do it for Spartan Red Zone this week. Thank you all for listening. Um, make sure you can find Spartan Red Zone on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and anywhere else you find your podcasts and on impact89fm.org slash sports. Um, so make sure you tune in there. Sports stream's up. We might be live for the show next week. That would be pretty cool. Be we'll nice, let you know. Yeah. Um, so thank you all for listening, and enjoy another week of college football.